Hi, my name is Rashik. I'm one of the team leaders of the NYU ADI GEM team. And today, we'll be talking about synthetic biology, iGEM, and our project to four different people in four different levels of complexity. Through this exercise, we want to show that science is for everyone, and everyone should have the information that they need to make an informed choice. Join us as we talk about synthetic biology and explore this amazing field. Hello, my name is Dawlat Ali. I am 17 years old and I am a freshman at NYU Abu Dhabi. I'm really enthusiastic about biology and engineering. So, let me start off with, have you ever heard of the term synthetic biology? What's like the first thing that comes into your mind when you think of synthetic biology? I'd probably say that uh, there are some materials that don't degrade, like I've heard the terms like biodegradable, non-biodegradable, mm -hmm. but nothing more than that. Alright, so synthetic biology is actually a really broad field, uh -huh. and since you said you like biology and engineering, this uh -huh. will be right up your avenue. So it encompasses a lot of different things. So everything from coding with your genes, that's the thing, yeah, and then actually editing your genome, so stuff like genome editing, that's synthetic biology. And you can even have stuff like artificial meat that you make from like cells in a bioreactor. So there's really, really interesting applications for synthetic biology. And there's other functions such as actually making sheep that glow in the dark. Oh, so see. you can do a lot with synthetic biology. And as I said, synthetic biology is like engineering of biology. So you use engineering principles mm -hmm. to actually solve real world biological problems. So we use synthetic biology to kind of make systems that do not exist in nature or kind of like improve in systems that are already in nature. So in, in essence, we're engineering them so that they do something that we want. Does that kind of make sense? It, yeah, it does. Totally does. Amazing. And as I said, it exists right at the intersection of mm -hmm. engineering and biology, which yeah. is why it's such an interdisciplinary field and has been gaining a lot of interest. Now, a bit about biology and how kind of our cells work in some sense. Mm -hmm. So have you heard of the central dogma of biology or know something Actually, about it? Actually, I know this process. Perfect. So you're already halfway there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So in essence, Everything comes from the DNA. Mm -hmm. The information is stored in the DNA. Right. So what we do in our project is actually give cells specific instruction to do what we want. Mm. So we're changing, in a sense, the DNA of bacteria. I see. Now, have you heard of collagen? Yeah, yeah, collagen. It's a protein, right? Yeah, exactly. It's a protein that makes up about like 30% of your entire body. Uh -huh. So it's a really big deal. Yeah, I, it's mainly found in here, right? Yeah, so it's found almost everywhere in your body. So you get from your eyes to your bones to your skin. Mm -hmm. And so it's ubiquitous, so present everywhere in your body. I see. Now, usually what collagen is sourced from is animals. So from like cows or like pigs or even like fishes. Mm -hmm. So what we're trying to do is produce collagen in bacteria. So that's kind of the gist of how our project works. Uh -huh. And so we're kind of like using cells as like mini factories. All right. So you can make cells do what you want by giving them specific instructions. 
in the form of plasmids, which are basically just DNA. I see. And yeah, that's mainly about our project. Oh, that's really uh, like exciting to find out more about it. Amazing. I hope you get to experience the whole iGym thing yourself and hope it will be a interesting and a learning experience as it has been for me and I think a lot of my other team members would think of it. Hello, I'm Reem. I'm a junior at NYU Abu Dhabi and I'm majoring in bioengineering. Hi Reem, it's really good to have you here. It's good to have you too. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So you said you're a bioengineer, so have you heard of the term synthetic biology before and what sort of bell does it ring in your mind? I mean, it brings quite a lot of buzz because <laughs> I think that like bioengineering is based on synthetic biology or it's a huge part of our major. Uh -huh. um, I think it's just like kind of integrating engineering and like physics principles with biology or kind of like trying to alter um, like some concepts in biology or like kind of materials to kind of shift it to our advantage or kind of improve it. Perfect. You could be sitting right here and explaining to me. So as you said, synthetic biology is at the intersection of engineering and biology. And so we're basically using engineering principles and applying them to real world biological problems. And so that's where our project also comes in. So this year we're focusing on biomanufacturing. So what we're trying to do is use cells, bacterial cells, as tiny machines for us, almost as factories. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to produce collagen from them. From the bacteria? Yeah. Have you heard of collagen? Yeah, I mean, of course, it's a kind of a produced by fibroblasts, which are basically skin cells mm -hmm. and it's also part of the extracellular membrane of the cell. Exactly, so the extracellular matrix and collagen is a huge structural protein which provides integrity to the ECM. Mm -hmm. Now collagen, as you said, is synthesized by a lot of cells and so it's present in our eyes, it's present in our bones and a lot of different places. Now how do we actually go about making a protein from scratch? Now you can't shout at the bacteria and expect it to work for you. Uh, so, how do you think you might actually make a bacteria produce something for you? I'm actually not sure, but maybe you could like kind of target a specific. Not mm -hmm. really sure. Imagine yeah. me. So <laughs> it's your area of that's research. why you're here. <laughs> so, have you heard of plasmids? Yeah, of course. So, plasmids are basically circular DNA, mm -hmm. which. And DNA is basically information. Mm -hmm. Now you can actually code the DNA to produce what you want. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we literally put the gene for the collagen that we want. So we're using a bacteria collagen red protein. Mm -hmm. So we get the gene sequence, send it to a company, they manufacture it for us, and then we put it in a plasmid, then put it in a bacteria. Yeah. Now have you heard of transformation, bacterial transformation? Yes, of course. Yeah. Exactly. So that's exactly what we're doing. It's like a vector where you add a sequence. Exactly. So we got the vector and we got our insert. We make the plasmid and then we use heat shock. So basically you kind of like make the membranes of the bacteria fluid, make it take up the plasmid and then have it express it. Mm -hmm. So this also brings me to my next term, which is abstraction. Now, we don't really need to know exactly whatever goes on inside the bacteria. So we can give it the instruction and it can do all the work for us. 
Now, say if you wanted to go and make a protein from scratch, that would be a really difficult task. You'll have to put together amino acids one by one to actually get the final polypeptide. But with using a bacteria, you can get rid of all this trouble. It does just does it for, for you. you. Exactly. Yeah. Now, as you mentioned, there's a lot of different stuff that goes into actually making it and making sure that you have something that will produce the final desired outcome to you. Now, in this, there's like stuff like promoters where your RNA polymerase can bind and then you get the final product through all of these various different steps. Yeah, and that's mainly about our project and hope you had something informative from this very I mean, short experience. Yeah, like that's, that's very smart. I mean, of course, we always try to get like shortcuts. If we can't produce protein, then why not let nature or bacteria produce it for us? Exactly. I think that's just a very good idea of integrating, again, engineering with, and using their sources or even bacteria or other organisms to kind of reach a specific goal. So yeah, I think that's a very good idea and a very good project. Yeah, and as you said, nature knows best. Yeah, exactly. And so sometimes there's this misconception that with synthetic biology, you're trying to do something unnatural, but usually we're trying to use nature in some way to get what we want in the end. My name is Ibrahim Shihadi. I'm an instructor at NYU Abu Dhabi. I've joined NYU Abu Dhabi since 2012. I've been one of the PIs for iGEM ever since 2015, and it's been a great experience watching our students uh, create and innovate and solve real-world problems at NYU Abu Dhabi. Ibrahim, you've been a part of iGEM for eight years at this point. What makes you keep coming back to iGEM, and is there a specific year or a memory that you associate very fondly with iGEM? Um, I return to iGEM every year because of the energy we get from our students. The creativity, the input the, into the field of synthetic biology that students bring, the innovation that they bring into the project is uh, absolutely incredible. Um, the capabilities of our students at NYU Abu Dhabi has always surpassed expectations and to be part of this process for them to help watch them grow and mature as part of the iGEM program has been an incredible opportunity for myself. Um, one of my favorite years, I don't have a particular one, for example, they've all been special in their unique ways, but just seeing the students, you know, rise up to the challenges that they face throughout iGEM, come together as a, as a group, set up camp in the teaching lab, and bring their diverse backgrounds into the project from biology, engineering, computer science, and all the aspects that come into the iGEM project has been special from year to year. That's incredible. And we're definitely super lucky to have you in the team as well. Now, you also teach a course on synthetic biology. What do you think is one of the most challenging topics that you come across while teaching the course? Uh, with respect to synthetic biology, the biggest challenge is taking the theoretical concepts that we teach in the course into a practical world. Mm -hmm. And being able to switch the information from a theory to lab practice is a bit challenging for the students. And it's just about how to approach a course of such, how to simplify the lab experiments in order to be able to grasp the theory and the lab practice at the same time while maintaining the ethical implications of the research or the, the genre which is the synthetic biology. Mm -hmm. 
So people's perspective on synthetic biology can sometimes be quite negative. For instance, there's a lot of backlash when you talk about genetically modified organisms or even genetically modified crops. Do you, how do you feel about the discussion around the social perspective on synthetic biology? Um, from a social perspective, the, the fear that people have regarding the field of synthetic biology is, is a valid, uh, valid fear for everyone to have. However, just raising what's really important is the transparency, the ethical implications, and maintaining that all practices from the field of synthetic biology is done under an ethical and regulatory practices, then it has a huge potential to benefit uh, the society and the field of uh, biology in general. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's a very important conversation to have. And I also fear that sometimes there's a lot of misinformation regarding synthetic biology. And actually having a platform like iGym, where we have stuff like human practices, where you actually go and talk to people, let them know about what synthetic biology is and the benefits of it as well. It's a very important step. And in order to do that, we actually did a tabling event on campus where we went and talked to other undergrads on campus and we got their input on our project, which was the production of vegan or halal collagen. So collagen usually is derived from animal sources, so like cows, pigs, and sometimes that can also have like a religious implication. So what we tried, wanted to learn was do people actually care about it? And based on the responses that we got from the survey, what we actually found was that people actually don't know a lot. So they don't know where the collagen products that they use are coming from. And so what we want to do is make that transparency, as you mentioned, so that they know that they're getting a safe product that is ethically sourced and that they can trust in. That's amazing. You guys are doing a great job. Okay, hi everybody. Uh, my name is Rafael Song. I'm associate professor in uh, bioengineering uh, at NIAD. I'm also head of uh, bioengineering program um, since 2020. I've been involved with uh, iGEM uh, since 2017, and um, now I think it's, uh, the topic this year will be on biomanufacturing of collagen, which is quite exciting, and I'm really, really looking forward uh, to seeing uh, results results coming from the team and hopefully we can win the grand prize at the Jamboree uh, in Paris. That's the hope, that's the hope for sure. And as you mentioned, you're the head of the bioengineering program as well yeah. at NYUAD. Yes. And then how do you think iGym fits and the whole synthetic biology fits into the bioengineering program? Right, I think synthetic biology is really the new emerging field uh, in bioengineering. So I'm really glad that students take this initiative and work on synthetic biology uh, in, in, in this extracurricular activity. So I believe synthetic biology will be a very important field uh, in the future uh, area of uh, bioengineering. So I think, uh, I believe there's a really good fit uh, between uh, synthetic biology done by iGEM and the future of bioengineering. That's incredible. Now, what we'll do next is just run through our project and the science behind it in a bit. And we just want to hear your feedback and what do you think about the project in general. Yeah.
So what we are targeting this year is specifically at producing bacterial collagen-like protein. Now, bacterial collagen-like protein differs from human collagen in that it cannot form fibrillar structure. Now, this is because it lacks a very important post-translational modification, which is hydroxyproline. Now, that is because bacteria do not have the enzymes to produce, uh, to actually do the hydroxyprolination. Now, what we're trying to do with our project is actually force the bacteria in some way to actually take up the hydroxyproline, which we'll get to in a bit. Now, how we're actually doing that is first making a plasmid, that contains our gene of interest. So we got the gene from an actual bacteria, we put it in our vector, and then we hope we put it in the bacteria and then make the bacteria work as mini factories for ourselves. So what we do next is something called gene code expansion, where we actually do the incorporation of non-coding amino acids or unnatural amino acids. In our case, that would be through the hydroxyproline and hydroxylysine. Now, there's two main approaches that we considered for our project, and the first one being using a tRNA synthetase enzyme. But the problem that we faced with that is we couldn't find appropriate tRNA synthetase system that we could get in time for our project. So what we do next is, as I said, kind of force the bacteria to take up the hydroxyproline. So we grow the bacteria in an amino acid medium that lacks proline, but then we add hydroxyproline. So the bacteria has kind of like no choice but to grow with the hydroxyproline. Now, an important thing is here that the bacteria cannot be able to synthesize the proline themselves. So we use a special oxotrop strain, and so that kind of prevents the proline from being synthesized, leading to the incorporation of hydroxyproline. And then the incorporation of hydroxyproline leads to the fibrillar formation and gives the desired properties that we want. And once we have that, we basically just purify it using uh, NINTA system, so it's a, like an affinity chromatography, and then the intended application could be anything from cosmetics, where you use it for like dermal filters or even like cosmetic creams and stuff. So that's where we're at uh, with our project so far, and hopefully we'll get the collagen soon, do more analysis, and have it by the jamboree. Great. I, I think this is a really great uh, topic. Um, I do believe that uh, this has a huge potential, um, I believe, uh, because uh, it's not just for cosmetics. I think mm -hmm. uh, this can be also for useful biomedical applications. If you have to uh, use some uh, tissue engineering approach to grow collagen, um, I think uh, this could be really, really, you know, uh, scalable and uh, low-cost manufacturing method mm -hmm. and I do believe I think this has also big uh, potential in, in bioengineering and biomedical engineering as well. Exactly and even outside of iGEM as someone interested in tissue engineering and regenerative medicine mm -hmm. having like a suitable collagen source yeah. is super important. Right. So right now in one of the projects that we have in the lab we're trying to get collagen from like fish and that takes a very long time. And you kind of start with like a fish smoothie kind of thing, which is not very pleasant to mm -hmm. work with. Mm -hmm. So this could be like a suitable alternative to that. Right, yeah. Now, how, uh, how easy is this to extract collagen uh, from bacteria? Have you 
how easy and how um, expensive is that method compared to a traditional method? Yeah, so we looked at how synthetic biology will change the whole biomanufacturing scenario. So there was this report by BCG that said that in the coming decade, mm -hmm. synthetic biology could account for almost 50% of global manufacturing. And that's like a huge number, something like $20 trillion. Wow. So there's a huge potential for scaling up these systems. And even for things like insulin, where, where we already see yeah. that this approach is already there. So I think one of the challenges with collagen specifically is when you try animal collagen, it takes a lot more effort. So this could be like almost like a blank canvas. So you can put in various features that you want into the gene itself to get the desired property. So this allows for a great deal of tunability as well, right. which we hope to somewhat focus on in our project. So Professor, could you please tell about how synthetic biology kind of like incorporates with your own research that you do at NYU AD? Okay, I am uh, working on um, various uh, topics uh, in my research. And one of the main pillars is uh, on biosensing. Mm -hmm. So I'm very interested in developing a biosensor that can be used to detect various pathogens and uh, diseases uh, early on. So I do think the synthetic biology can offer us a uh, new method to detect those pathogens and uh, disease biomarkers early on. And that's sort of my personal take on the future of synthetic biology, that this can be also used for detection of various uh, diseases and pathogens and this could help uh, to improve the health of uh, humanity. That's incredible. And we hope that's a future we get to see very soon. Yeah. And thank you so much for listening in with our conversation with Professor Song. And stay tuned for more updates on our project. Thank, thank you, you, Professor. Thank you, guys. Thank you.